We're beginning a brand new series of messages today called Modern Art, and I want to take a minute to just give you a quick overview on what we're going to do in this series, because I really believe it's going to help you, and if you were part of our, the last series we did where we've been going through the book of Deuteronomy, this one's going to be a little different. Uh, first thing you need to know, because you, you might think like, okay, well, I was here for that one, and Pastor Justin's probably going to like use some you know, art illustrations and tie it into a sermon somehow. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. The, the best of my art history, I'm mean, best I can do with, with art is really memes. So that's about as good as it get, gets for me. But, um, but, but here's what we're doing in this series, Modern Art. Uh, we're, when we're talking about modern art, we're, we're not talking about artwork. What we're really talking about is the skills that are acquired through practice. Like when you see somebody who's really good at their craft, we say that's, that's an art. There's an art to it. So we're talking about these skills that are developed and acquired through practice, and we're doing it through this lens of, of modern art. Now, the little bit that I do know about modern art is that it's a broad phrase used to encapsulate all sorts of uh, art expressions. Like, really, it's, it's a catch-all term. And uh, the, the way it's applied is anytime an artist uses a technique or means or approach that would not be considered traditional, that would not be considered the usual, the habitual, the, the normal. M- modern, one of the definitions simply means a, a fresh approach, a new way of doing things, an uncommon practice. And I like that word uncommon because if there was ever a word that should be descriptive of a Christian in our current cultural context, it would be uncommon. If you are a follower of Christ, if you place your faith in Jesus, the way you live your life is going to look different than the way much of the world would tell you how to live your life. And so what we're doing in this series is we're gonna help you learn and develop some uncommon practices in our current culture. It's modern art. In fact, this is the very thing that Jesus did in his ministry here on earth. Jesus, if you know anything about him and read about him in scripture, he challenged the contemporary and, and, and customary way people behaved in the culture. Like one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, you can read it in Matthew chapter 5, it begins like this. You've heard it said, but I say to you. In other words, this is what you're familiar with. This is what's customary. This is what people are used to. But I want you to think about it this way. I want to challenge you with this thought. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, you've heard it said, if somebody does something against you, get back even. Like if, if they poke you in the eye, poke them back in the eye. If they bust out a tooth, bust them in the mouth and get one of their, you've heard it said that way. That's what people do. But I'm telling you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. you you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Everybody's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. But I say to you, if you've got lust in your heart, You've already committed. I'm, I'm upping the ante. I'm going one step further. I'm, I'm putting a, a twist on what's customary. I want you to think about this differently now. You've heard it said, don't murder. Yeah, nobody would murder. We wouldn't do that. But I say to you, if you've got hatred 
for your brother or sister, if you're grumbling, you're complaining, you've got this offense that you're carrying, you've already got murder in your heart. So this is the ministry of Jesus. This is culture. This is Christian. This is the world. This is my way. And that's what we're going to do in this series is I want to give you this new approach, this new perspective. Like Jesus, when, when you... If you embrace this, if you receive this, it's going to cause you to behave in a way that is uncommon in the world. And what I'm going to share with you today, it is a very uncommon practice. It's uncommon, but I promise you it is very, very biblical. And I'm excited about this because not only is this biblical, but for me, it's also personal. It's personal. Like, a little context on myself. Now, this is going to be weird if you don't know me, but if you know me well, then it's not going to seem strange at all. But I'm kind of a collector of of life lessons. And when I say collector, I don't just mean like, oh, that's good. I'm going to write that down. I mean, the things that God has taught me in life and the, the things that have been really powerful, that have been guiding principles in my life, I, I don't want to forget those. I'm, I've been collecting these for a while. And when I say like life lesson, it's not like I'm writing one a week. I mean, I will reflect back on the year and like what has been the one thing this year that God's taught me more than anything else? Or maybe at most, maybe there's two or three or something God's teaching me. I'll just I'll make these notes. And I, I got to tell you, like, like this, this notebook that I have of, of these life lessons, uh, th- this is gold to me. Like, like I wouldn't sell it to you. I wouldn't trade it for a Bitcoin wallet. Like this is... This is the stuff that, that is gold. And, you know, maybe one day I'll have like 100 of these and I'll pass them on to my kids or something. But what I'm going to share with you today is one of those principles. Something that I learned early on in my life that I've gone back to over and over. It's become a guiding principle in my life. And I've never shared this in a sermon before. But if you've been around me, if you've been faced with a crisis, if you've been faced with a challenge... More likely than not, I've probably pointed you back to this truth. And what I'm going to share with you today, it's so simple that most people will resist it because they don't value it. What I'm going to share with you today, it, it's so simple that you'll, you'll be tempted to disregard it. But I promise you right now that what we're going to look at This is right where you live. I don't know what your situation is, um, but this is going to be so applicable. And you might be tempted to dismiss it because if you embrace this, it's going to be inconvenient for you. You might be tempted to disregard it because if you really receive this, it is going to cause you to have to alter the plans that you already have in motion. You might be tempted to think, I don't know if I want to take that to heart because this could be very challenging to hear. But there's another side of this because this is a different way to live. It's uncommon. There's another side of this is that if you will do this, if you will put this into practice, it will open up doors for you that cannot be opened up any other way in life. I promise you it's, it's that key. This will open up doors. So let's get some wisdom from God's word today. I want to go through this 
as quickly as I can and comprehensively as I can. Proverbs 8 is where we're looking at. I'm going to read four verses total. Proverbs 8, I'm reading from the easy-to-read version because I like things easy. And uh, verse 1, listen, wisdom is calling. Yes, understanding is shouting for us, trying to get your attention. Listen up, shouting at you, wants your attention. Verse 2, wisdom stands at the top of the hill by the road where the paths meet. She is near the entrance to the city, calling from the open doors. In a little context, Proverbs 8 starts out with these three verses. There's 36 verses in there. The next 33 verses are all about wisdom speaking. So it says, wisdom's calling from the gates. This is what wisdom says. And if you read through it, you can read through it on your own. It's wisdom's counsel, how you should act, how you should behave, what you should do. I want to skip down to the last part in verse 34. It says, this is wisdom talking, whoever waits at my door and listens, this person will be blessed. So what I want to do, I want to talk to you about the subject of doors today, and I'm calling this message for those of you who take notes, and everybody knows, first row people, note takers, you're my favorite people. The rest of you, I love you, but I just love these people more, so... Note takers, if you're, if, you're, if you're taking notes, here's what it is. I'm calling this message the art of the exit. The art of the exit. How to leave a space and place with grace. So I, I need to pray. I know I need God's help, and I want to make sure you can receive this. Let's bow our heads together as we go before God for the preaching of his word. God, thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And so God, I ask that you would enlighten us today. Let us know the truth of your word. Let us hear what you have to say. God, we don't want to make our own decisions. We want the wisdom that comes from you. So God, as I speak today, let it be your word that goes forth. Let it be your voice that goes forth. Not my ideas, not my opinions, God. We need to hear from you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that can say, amen. God is already answering prayers. Got a door on the platform. In our text today, the writer is personifying wisdom as a woman calling out. I'm not trying to make a biblical principle out of that. Take from that what you will, but the the Bible relates wisdom to a woman. All the women said, there you go. See, I was giving you that opportunity. So they're personifying wisdom as a woman, and if you've ever read through the book of Proverbs, what you'll quickly notice is that this is a common occurrence. All throughout Proverbs, they they personify wisdom as this woman calling out, and the writer does this. It's a narrative device to illustrate his point and to paint us a picture. He's saying that wisdom waits by the door. Now, in our life, Doors represent transitional moments. We lots of times think about doors as being the places that we enter into, the places that open up into the, or the things that open up into the places that we want to get to. But the writer here wants us to understand that doors are not just entries, they're also exits. 
Let me show this to you from Scripture. I'll read verses 1 and 3 just to set this up. Listen, wisdom is calling. Yes, understanding is shouting for us. Don't miss this. Verse 3 says, she is near the entrance to the city calling from the open doors. Wisdom's by the door. But I want you to notice where else wisdom is. It says, wisdom stands at the top of the hill by the road where the paths meet. What are the paths? It's an entrance and it's an exit. He's wanting you to see that, that the door, it, it works both ways. For some of us, it's opening up into the place that we're going into. For others of us, though, it's opening up to the place that we're leaving. And what I'm hoping you realize through this message today is that life isn't just a collection of beginnings. It's also a series of exits. It's a series of, of exits. You won't stay in your present job forever. You won't live in your current residence forever. Someday, you are going to leave your current role and you will be doing something else. And even if you're here and you think that your life is very fixed right now, you're self-employed and you're going to be doing this thing for the next 20 years and you're already married or all this, let me tell you, even if you think your life is fixed, at the very least, you'll be helping other people in your life make transitions. So here's the point. This message today, if you receive it, it's really a gift to everybody who knows that they have a transition in your future. Whether you are planning for a job change, whether you are planning for a relationship change or not planning, whether you are planning for a residence change, whether you're planning for a career change, I don't care what the change is in your life. If you know that you are going to have a transition where you are leaving one place to go to another place, this message is for you. And here's what you need to know. It's the main point of my sermon. I'm giving to you right up front. That how you enter is determined by how you exit. How you enter is determined by how you exit. How you leave one season determines how you enter the next season. How you leave one job determines how you enter the next job. How you leave one relationship determines how you enter the next relationship. How you leave one argument determines how you enter the next argument. How you leave one pain determines how you enter the next pain. How you leave one church determines how you enter the next church. How you leave one place determines how you enter the next one because doors are not just entry points, they're also exits. Your supervisor today could be an acquaintance in your life tomorrow. The employee that you're letting go today could hold the key to the deal that you need to get done tomorrow. And a lot of us, we're praying for God to open up doors in our life, but we don't ever consider how we leave the current door. And so I see this happen all the time. We've got issues in our life. We've got baggage in our life. We've got some garbage in our life. And we see what's on the other side of that door. There's no issues there. There's no garbage there. I can't wait till I get there. But because we never deal with the issues here, 
we step into that next place and we're dealing with the same garbage. Man, this job looked good when I was over here. Why why does it feel this way now? Because you brought it with you. Man, that relationship that this person I'm with, they don't have the same issues that the last person had. Why am I still having problems? Because you didn't deal with the garbage. I, I thought by moving to this place, I would be able to get rid of my past. Why did it follow me here? Because you didn't deal with it here. If you don't deal with the garbage now, you will carry it into what's next. So understand me. How you enter is determined by how you exit. How you leave one season determines how you enter the next season. So what does wisdom say? Verse 34 says, whoever waits at my door and listens for me will be blessed. In other words, there are some ways you can leave. There are some ways you can exit that will make a difference to set you up for success in the next season. But if you do what most people do, if you just focus on what's in front of you, well, you are headed for a lot of pain. This is what scripture says in the same passage, just the next two verses. It says, those who don't find me, this is wisdom speaking, those who don't find me only harm themselves. If you miss wisdom, you're headed for injury. If you ignore wisdom, you are headed for pain. In fact, it says, everyone who hates me, wisdom, loves death. How many think Exiting with some wisdom sounds like a good idea. Most of you? Any, anybody hate wisdom here? You love death? Okay. Well, if you're ready for some wisdom, here's the first thing I want to tell you. I want to tell you, if you want to start your next season well, the first thing you need to know is to close the door gently. Close the door gently. Don't slam the door. Don't kick the door. Don't yell at the door. Why? Because it's just a door. And a lot of us, we will leave a place slamming the door on our way out because we want to hurt the person who hurt us. And what we don't realize, we're not hurting the person. All we're doing is damaging the door. And if you damage the door, You can't walk back through it. Well, that's fine, Pastor. I don't care. I hope I broke the door. I'm never going back there. Yeah, I know. Except you slammed the door, but you forgot your keys were in there. This actually happened to me. Before I was pastoring a church, I was a boss, had employees, and uh, (laughs) had a critical conversation with an employee. He got upset, stormed out, slammed the door but he forgot his keys on my desk. That was pretty awkward for him to have to walk back in. And now I put the keys in my drawer. I said, hey, let's finish talking about this. See, you're shutting the door thinking that you're never going back there. I don't care if I damaged it. I hope they got my statement. But you didn't hurt them. All you did was damage the door. And what's going to happen is you're going to get a bill in the mail for the repairs. Here's what scripture says. A gentle response turns away anger. 
Well, what's the, what's the principle here? The principle is your attitude matters. When you're leaving a place, your attitude matters. Okay, so maybe how they treated you was wrong. Maybe your frustration is warranted. Maybe those feelings that you have are natural. Don't slam the door. Close it gently. A gentle answer turns away. A gentle response turns away anger. There's another place in Proverbs that talks about gentleness as a shield. See, when we close it gently, it's not just that we're protecting the door in case we need to go back through it. The other thing it does, it doesn't just shut the door gently. That becomes a shield for us. When you make an exit, your attitude matters. Close the door gently. And here's the other reason your attitude matters. You're not just protecting the door. You're protecting yourself, yes, but your attitude is also the indicator of your faith. When you're keeping the right attitude, it's an indicator of your trust in God. I'm going to unpack this a little bit more in a minute, but the, the right attitude says you're trusting God even when the situation is wrong. So even if the exit's not what you wanted, even if the situation's not what you wanted, with the right attitude, what you're saying is, I might not have wanted it to go this way. I might not have wanted to leave this way, but I'm trusting that even though this isn't what I wanted, God can use it to move me where I want. It can, it can get me to a better place. So close every door gently. Your attitude matters. Here's the second one. Don't just close every door gently. Close every door. Hear that click? Close every door completely. Close every door completely. Now, I've got to illustrate this with a point because my, my kids are notorious for this. I don't know if there's like a handbook kids get when they're under 15, but it's like they don't know how to go to a place and shut the door. Maybe it's because we have a church with automatic doors. They just think every door closes automatically, but it doesn't matter if I'm dropping them off at school, if it's a car door, if it's a house door, if they're carrying in groceries, if they're going outside to play, they will leave a door open. And whenever there's a door open, here's the, the two thoughts that go through my mind. The first one is frustration because now I have to come along behind them and do what they should have done. The other one is, lots of times I do that. And I, I'm thinking, okay, are, are they coming back? <laughs> Did they forget something? Are they like carrying in groceries and they're not done yet? And I'm confused. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you leave a place, relationship, a person, finish what you started. Here, here's the principle. When I say close the door completely, your integrity matters. Your attitude matters, but your integrity matters. So the integrity test is really easy. Just ask yourself, did I finish what I promised? Did I finish what I promised? See, complete is a synonym for integrity. Integrity comes from integer, which means whole, which means complete. And when you're leaving a place, you need to ask the question, did I fulfill everything I said I would fulfill? 
A while back, uh, someone asked me to help their organization with some language, some vision, some culture, and so they wanted me to fly out there and help meet with their staff and employees and, and help them craft some language around the values of their organization and all of that stuff. So I went out there. It was a quick trip. It was like 24 hours. I knew we had limited time. I met with their staff, and I had a goal going into it that we're going to walk out. I knew it was going to be hard, but I had a goal that we would walk out of there. They'd have some handles, some, some language they could use, they could put up on the wall. So I went there, met with their staff, interviewed them, did some workshop stuff, and some things came up at, with their organization. They were not able to, to complete. Every, we didn't have the time allotted that we thought we were going to have, so we weren't able to get through everything. They were real thankful, and uh, I was just doing it to help them out, but they, they gave me a check because my time is worth something, so they gave me, I said, hey, I didn't, we didn't fulfill at least what I wanted to fulfill. I, I don't feel like we, I, I can't take this. I left it there. They mailed it to me. Like, they just would not take no for an answer. So I got this check from them. I don't feel good about it because, in my mind, my goal was to make sure they have some handles. So I started working with them just said, hey, we, we got, let's finish this. I sent them some stuff, and, and they got that. I made sure we were finished before I cashed the check, before I cashed the check. As far as they were concerned, it was done. But for me, it was my integrity on the line. I had a goal. I had a commitment. In, in turn, they, they didn't feel the way, but I felt that way. This is what Ecclesiastes says. If you make a promise to God, keep your promise. Don't be slow to do what you promised. In other words, to them, it didn't matter. To me, with my integrity before God, I needed to finish this. There, there's another one. Sometimes it's not just finishing the work, finishing the project. Sometimes we've made a promise. Uh, let me make it real practical. If you give a two-week notice, fulfill your two-week notice. If you give a month notice, fulfill your month notice. Yeah, but you don't understand. If I, if I feel that I'm going to miss this other opportunity. No, you won't. In fact, Scripture says this, Psalm 15, verse 4, it says, a righteous person swears to their own hurt and changes not. Another translation says, keeps their promises even when it hurts. Yeah, but I got this opportunity. I'm telling you, how you leave one season determines how you enter the next one. Do you want to enter it with integrity? Fulfill your promise. In fact, all of Psalm 15 is great because Psalm 15 is what's called an entrance liturgy, meaning it, it, requir- it lists out the requirements to enter into God's presence. Let's look at it together. Psalm 15 says, who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Remember, every in- entrance is an exit. Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what's right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts, those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends, those who despise sinners and honor the faithful and keep their promises even when it hurts. One thing that sticks out to me when it talks about being able to enter an exit, it it says this person's blameless. They speak the truth. They honor others. They do what's right. If you're going to close the door with integrity, you have to be honest. Do what's right. I'll put it this way. Honesty is honoring. In fact, they come from the same word. Honesty is honoring. So here's the application. When you leave a place, be honest about why you're leaving. Don't keep it a secret. 
Don't tell them some lie. Don't tell them one thing when you really mean another reason. Some of you, if you would be honest about the reason you're leaving, you probably wouldn't need to leave. Some of you would be honest about the reason you're leaving, they might make a change. Or they would at least bless you on your exit. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, of course, we moved here and I was bivocational when we started working another job and God had called us to plant this church. And my boss at the time, I had this two-year commitment with, with him. The year into it, I told him, I said, hey, I just want you to know, I know you brought me down here for this. This is the direction my life is going. I'm going to plant this church. It was in motion before I started here, and I want to be upfront with you about what, where my life is going. However, I've got a commitment with you. I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not planning on going anywhere, and I don't want to do anything behind your back. But after I get started, I know I'm going to need some money, so... If I can do both, I'd love to do both. If I can't do both, that's fine. I just want to be upfront with you. I don't want to, don't want to hide anything. This guy was not a believer. And he said, Justin, I, I hope you can use this job to make it happen. Now, I, can you imagine if I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about, I need a job. I don't want to lose this one. I'm kind of concerned. I'm going to do this on the DL. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. How would it be to start a church without integrity. You think God's going to bless that? Why do you think it wouldn't work for me, but it'll work for you? When you step into the next season, close the door with integrity. Fulfill what you promised. Be honest about it. Tell the person and watch what God will do. God will bless it. Here's a, here's a third one. Close every door securely. Your attitude matters, your integrity matters, Here's the, your faith matters. It's hard to close a door when God tells you to close a door that you don't want to close. It's hard to end a relationship when you know you need to end the relationship, but it's uncomfortable for you. This is how I'll illustrate it. So sometimes when my wife and I, whenever we go on vacation, take a trip, going out of town, the last thing we do, we shut the door and we lock it. We lock it. We're saying goodbye. And we get in the car the question my wife always asks me before we go on a trip, do we have everything? Did we forget anything? Are we missing anything? And I always tell her the same thing, I don't know. <laughs> but here's what I tell her. If we don't have it now, we don't need it. And if we do need it, we'll just get one when we get there. Because if we linger here any longer, it's going to cause us to miss what, where we're supposed to be. It, it's hard to shut a door that God is telling you to shut. And what happens, a lot of people want to stay there. They want to leave the door open and leave it halfway because I don't know what I might be missing. I might be missing something here, but you don't realize that the place you're supposed to be is so much better. And we miss out on God's best because we're concerned about what we might be leaving behind. Faith in God says, wherever I'm going, it's going to be better. Wherever I'm going, it, it may be uncomfortable right now, but God's got me. This is what scripture says. Scripture says promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and deposes another. Let me put it this way. What you're willing to walk away from determines what God can bring you into. What you're willing to walk away from 
determines what God can bring you into. Many people will never experience God's provision because they cannot part with their money. Many people will never experience God's peace because they cannot part with their control. Many people never experience God's freedom because they're not willing to tear down the walls that they've built up for their own protection. What you're willing to walk away from determines what God can bring you into. And so the best thing you can do when God is telling you to shut the door is to put a lock on it, make it secure, and saying, I believe that where I'm going is better than what I'm leaving behind. So your attitude matters, your integrity matters, your faith matters. Here's the last one. Close it gently. Close it completely. Close it securely. But don't close it till it's time. Don't close it till it's time. The timing matters. The timing matters. And I see a lot of people who will close the door because they get frustrated in a moment. They'll close the door because they don't like the place that they're in. They'll close the door simply because they want to be someplace else. But you will cause yourself a world of pain if you close a door before it's time. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a right time for everything. Proverbs 8 verse 34 says whoever waits at my door and listens will be blessed. In other words, just because the door is open doesn't mean it's for you to walk through. You got to wait for the right time. <laughs> I don't know who this applies to, but look, your pastor loves you. I'm going to say this. There are some things it is not the right time for. It is not the right time to leave the job you're in. If you are living paycheck to paycheck and you have not lined up something else, it is not the right time. It is not the right time to shut the door on a relationship simply because of a misunderstanding, simply because they said something to you that wasn't very fun to hear, that you didn't enjoy, that you didn't like, but this person loves you and cares about you. It is not the time to shut the door on that relationship. It is not the time to shut the door just because you have a friend that tells you you should shut the door. Just because you have somebody who thinks, you should shut the door. That doesn't mean it's the right time. When God wants you to shut a door, he's going to do it by telling you the place that you're supposed to go, and he's going to provide for you when you get there. One more quick story. Before we moved here, serving in my parents' church, it was a small church, but I was really involved there, and for two years, God had been dealing with me about planting a church, been praying about it, and wrestling with God about it, and finally, we had all these things. Life was good. We had all these things going on through our life, but we knew God was calling us something else. I was getting all these promotions to move places, but I knew God had called us to plant a church, so finally we made a decision, drew a line in the sand. So I don't know how it's going to happen. don't know when it's going to happen, but we believe we have to follow God. Believe God is in this. I was very involved with the church. So my dad thought I was going to take that church over. I remember after praying with my wife, making the decision, we called my parents. I talked to my dad. I said, hey, Dad, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I know God is calling me to do this. And it could be two months. It could be two years. I don't know when. I'm just letting you know that our life is gonna move this direction. I wanna make sure that we leave right. I wanna make sure it's in the right time. Well, after that, we made the decision. We didn't just pack up and move. We didn't start just applying for jobs and trying to make stuff happen. After we made that decision, 
So a week to the day later, I got a call from somebody in Kansas. I'd never met the guy before. I didn't know him, but he knew me. He said, hey, I know what you're doing up there. I want to offer you the opportunity to come, come down and move here to work for me. So a week later, two weeks later, or a few weeks later, we checked out the opportunity. Two months later, we moved down here. We didn't just pack up and make things happen simply because we thought we had an open door. We waited for the right time. And in your life, if you want to leave well, your attitude matters, your integrity matters, your faith matters, but the timing matters. Don't leave before it's time. You know, I don't know what the next step that you have is. There might be lots of transitions in your life. Here's one that I know all of us have to have at some point, though. See, many times we're waiting on God to open a door, but the truth is there are some doors God is waiting on us to open. Revelation 3.20 says this. Jesus says, I'm standing at the door, knocking. And to anybody who opens the door, I'll come in. Make my home with them. Maybe you've been waiting on God to open up a door in your life, but he could be waiting on you and open up the door of your heart.